my God is a consuming fire. He died on a piece of wood. Like creation groans for him. Uh, hey everybody, we're back with an episode of The Green Room. I'm here with my good friend. And I, I actually mean that when I say I know you do. Okay? Like, legit. <laughs> you love me a lot. I don't know why, Aniola. <laughs> uh, like, uh, like, I do know why. That's a, that sounds mean. I know why. Mm-hmm. But I can't figure it out. Like, every time I've been around you, mm. I just, my heart goes nuts. Mm. You, I, I don't think there's anybody that I've asked to be on here more than you. <laughs> I'm serious. That's actually true. He's it's legit. So I've been asking you for every time I see you, I'm like, please come and do the green room. Like, yeah. please, please, please. And you are, oh, I never start out giving somebody a ton of accolades. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I do. But I honestly think you're one of the most important worship voices wow. that I've ever met. Wow. And I mean that. That's crazy. Uh, very rarely have I felt the presence of God mm. in worship like I have when, when I hear you singing and praising his name, mm. we have, our paths have crossed so many, so times. many times in like from bizarre, the, yeah, like uh Jackson hole, Wyoming uh-huh, uh-huh. to, I don't know where have you, we haven't been in Brazil together. No, no, no. I want to go to Brazil. You can come. Okay. You can come with me anytime, Done. anytime. And, uh, just all over like our paths just seem to cross mm-hmm. and you've you've just transitioned right yep, you're yep. at upper room mm-hmm. or, or you were at upper room now you're at circuit riders yeah. i was just out at circuit riders with you yes just incredible you have so much going on in your life yeah uh a couple of days ago you were at the, the send, send nashville and uh uh, you and Stephanie Ugh. were my two favorite moments at the scent. <laughs> very similar. I think you guys carry something very like wow. the authority that you both carry. Wow. Also, just the natural ability mm. that is God given, but you also work at it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Your voices are just insane. Dang, thank you. Just insane. And uh, so, guys, <laughs> today we're with my friend Aniola, <laughs> and I'm going to mispronounce your last name, Aniola. Abby Oye. Yes. Mm-hmm. A- Abby Oye. Abby Oye. You did not mispronounce it. Okay. Boom. Um, that's, it's going to take me a while to, right. to get it again. Don't get used to it. I'll get married one day and then oh. we'll have to, I'll what, have to change What are you it. looking for in a husband? Um, strong. Okay, define strong. Okay. Um, <laughs> I <like this. laughs> yeah. um, I mean like, I think someone who steps into a room and doesn't, um, he doesn't like, have to prove that he's mm-hmm. that he's powerful or like a meek i mean meek mm-hmm. like a man who's very meek yeah um who's protective like a protector okay um kind um and smart you just described the amish community listen you're going full amish send me i'm <laughs> just kidding okay that's not all you're looking for no no i think i mean there's there's also this desire in my heart for someone who um, is also cultured um, and has a love and a desire to uh, receive from every nation, every tribe, mm-hmm. you know, um, and someone who uh, even has like just this like a um, 
creative edge. I don't care what that means. Let's just like be creative somehow, yeah. whether it's like solving problems or doing art or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and a father like has the heart yeah. of a father. Like, cause like, that's like my, that's my key. Yeah. Key thing right there for yeah. me. Come so, on. Yeah. Okay. No yeah. creepers. <clears throat> yeah, please. No creepers. So or listen, Will will beat you up. I will. I'll take, I'll take you out. Mm-hmm. And I know people, <laughs> I have friends in every nation. Most nations, I shouldn't say every, but a lot. And some of them owe me favors. And some of them are very powerful. And I know how to make people disappear. That's good. So leave her alone if you're a weirdo. Aniola. I'm ministered to by that. Talk to me. I actually don't know much about your early life. Yeah. And let me, maybe before we jump into that. Yeah. I hate ha- having people give their bio. Like mm-hmm. you are a worship leader. You are. More than that, you're yeah. a voice, right? Mm-hmm. You are a part of multiple movements. Yeah. You've been a part of birthing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the early incubation stages and movements. Like if mm-hmm. if you were to put this out there yeah. for people that have no idea who you are, yeah. what what would you what would you tell about yourself? I would say I am a professional big sister. Like that's like my my whole thing. Uh, anyone who spends a lot of time around me will tell you like definitely have a mama bear heart Mm -hmm. but like I love just um establishing safe spaces for people um through conversation and um I love hearing about people I love I love sharing wisdom and ideas and just whatever like I just love I love people a lot and I love being around people um, and so, yeah, I would say professional big sister is like the best way I could sum it up. And what that looks like is different in different, you know, settings. So in this current setting, it's a lot of, um, discipleship, yeah. like life on life, getting to be around young missionaries, um, and hearing their stories and encouraging them to live out the, the version of them that God designed in the beginning, mm. Which does take, you know, this element of going, God, what did you design? And then agreeing with God and then never treating them like anything except mm. how God told you they are. Um, and so starting, you know, like that way of like, you go like, who are you? And then you kind of base them off of like your own perception. But if you treat people the way God told you, then you you don't really ever miss. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, I just really believe, and I would say the next generation, but I believe in everyone. Like if you have a heartbeat, I believe in you, you know what I mean? And so, um, and so there's that. So a discipleship life on life discipleship. I do songwriting here and there. Um, I love writing poems. I'm, I'm an artist at heart. And Mm. so I just, writing has been the, uh, most, I don't know how else to say it, but most slippery way to get all the stuff that's in my heart out of me. Mm. Um, but, and then singing feels like a, an assignment from the Lord yeah. leading worship. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's obvious. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> and then, um, but I love painting. I love, um, I love anything I could get my hands on. If I could figure out how to do it, I'm like, I'm down. Like I'm so down to do it. So you're a painter. Yeah. But I dabble. You dabble. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Um, okay, so I, 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 I would, I would 
assume maybe that many artists experience this, but it comes in waves and it usually depends on the time that I have. But recently when I paint, I use these things called, I think they're called alcohol markers. Okay. And they're like graffiti markers. Mm-hmm. And I use those and I don't know why, but for me, it's maybe similar to writing. I just like paint the canvas, mm-hmm. whatever color. And then I use the alcohol marker to paint lines and I just like it's very rhythmic and it's um, very like super consistent. And I just like kind of like a free writing, but moving lines. Um, and I <clears throat> like are these I, pictures or are they just abstract? They're more abstract. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know if I could do a picture. I probably could maybe, yeah, but, yeah, you, you know, um, but I've I've just found like, a, you know, throw on some music, worship music, instrumental hip hop, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like just going with that pen. And I don't know. I just feel like the way I exist in the world is like some things I don't know how to say. Right. Like there, I don't have words for some things that I feel. And so getting to like, just use a marker and just go crazy on the, you know, on the canvas and, and no one ever seeing those things or knowing that they exist, you know, um, it's kind of cool. Cause it's just like it. a, it's like a treasure chest. Do you, you post know, any like, of them? Do you show people? I did. I used to a long time ago. Cause I, cause I try and sell them because I was mm-hmm. like, I need money, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know how to sell art. So I just, it's would, hard. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know who to tell this that I did this too. So, um, so they exist right now in the garage of the house that I live in. And, um, but I love them. And I, and I, I do, I've, I've like, I did a mural. Okay, this is so crazy. Funny story. My friends who know will laugh. 2020, <laughs> right? 2020 was 2020. Yeah. And um, around that time, I was like, I'm going to do a mural. So because I couldn't like get like a legit mural, like um, contract or whatever, I right. just found where graffiti was. Mm-hmm. And so I bought these cool colors and it was behind one of my friend's businesses in Dallas. And I made this cute little mural. I think it was like, I don't know. I don't know measurements, but it was small. It was like a size of a poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it was so funny because I painted it. was so proud. Told my friends to look at it. I tagged it. All the things. <laughs> and then, like, I think COVID happened. And then... About a month later, I go back in. It's like graffitied over, and I was like, "That was rude." Was like, <laughs> you guys are savage. Um, but I just, you know, I love the idea of taking a blank canvas and adding something beautiful to it. It's yeah. always been that's always been in my heart since I was young. Just like um, if it's blank, I want to add something beautiful to yeah. it. And so now your sister told me that. Ah. Oh my gosh, I love her. I got nervous. Though. I've never asked anyone <laughs> for info from a family member. You're the first. This is crazy. But we're at the send a couple days ago. Oh my God. And your sister went to our mission mm-hmm. school. I totally forgot that. Yeah. Totally forgot yeah. that. And it was one of the first times that we, was it? It was one of the earliest times that we had hung out. Yeah. Was at Pastor Lyle Phillips. Yes. Come on, Pastor Lyle yes. Phillips Legacy Church, we Nashville, love you. East Nashville Legacy Church. So yeah. much, so much. Uh, and and your sister was there. And I totally forgot this. Mm-hmm. So it's years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I bumped into her at the send. And I was like, oh, I have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And she said that you 
do your nails like oh, constantly. 100%. And I'm and I'm looking at them today. 100%. And they're awesome. They're I all different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so so you've always been artistic. Yeah. From the time you were young. Mhm. I um I think I didn't know it was a thing. Obviously, most of the time you don't. But I just knew that I was like, man, I mean, I, I guess I don't know if I could put words to it. I I loved reading. Like, I loved reading. That was one of the things so you told much. me the first time we met. Yeah. I was like, what's your dream? You're like, I want a bus and I want to make I a school so bus. Or was it school bus or uh-huh, uh-huh. a school bus uh, mobile library? Yeah. And I was like, crush it, girl. And yeah. I, I was like, I don't know. Uh, Honestly, I still want to you do still that want one day. that one hundred percent, but like that is I think I've just okay the <clears throat> the landscape of our imagination mm-hmm. and the landscape of creativity mm. I think has been given over too much obviously too much to the world to the enemy to mm-hmm. evil to and so instead of it being a place God can introduce like his ideas to us and mm. his um the best of what he could what of what he has to yeah. us, it's become this landscape of like the worst that we could think of. Mm. And like another thing I love is film. <clears throat> you do? I love film. Love like movies. M- making them, writing them, directing, watching. Okay, okay. I love watching them. Okay. <clears throat> and I did like a season at Bethel's Conservatory of yeah. Arts um, learning how to write films because I just love story like so much. I love, and what I learned in that season was that every movie has like, it's nothing's happenstance. And so every movie right. has like a theme in it. And so like, if you think of the movie, like, if you've ever seen the movie A Quiet Place. I love it. Yes. Okay. So all the time I'm thinking it's a horror film or like or thriller, but you realize reading through the script, it's actually a movie about family. Mm -hmm. It's a movie about a father Mm -hmm. and what he's willing to do for his family. Mm. And I'm like, that is the power of art, is the power to, I mean, Jesus, when he, Anyone asked him questions or <clears throat> he would be doing anything, Jesus's responses were stories. He didn't have to, like, he didn't have to go. I think it's in the Gospels. I can't remember. I think it's in all of them at some level. But when they asked him, what's the kingdom of God like? Mm. He introduces the kingdom in a series of parables. Right. And and <clears throat> And I think I'm just so gripped by how like we have that ability like Mm. what stories can we tell what can our art say what can our poetry say and what what even can our songs say our music Mm. what stories can we tell like today I was listening to remember I told you I was like up doing homework and I was listening to this um instrumental uh by this guy named Judah Earl and um, in love with his sound, in love with his music. So incredible. I'm listening to one of his songs and it's in a different language. I can't remember what language it was. I'm going to pull it up. Yes. Keep going. 
Judah and Earl. It's Judah Earl. Okay. And I'm listening to one of his songs. And as I'm listening to the song, trying to type my paper, I hear Yeshu or Yahweh in the song. So then I'm like, wait, wh- which one? It's Dreaming in Color. I'm going to find it. <clears throat> I listen to it and I'm like, and then it's the third song. Um, it's like, I can't pronounce it correctly, but oh, yeah. I'm listening to it. I'm like, what is he saying in the song? Oh, that's not it. It's the third one. Okay. It'll say David Forlu on it. View album. I'm doing this. Uh, I can't pronounce that. Yeah, me neither. Okay. So I'm listening to that Are song. Are we going to get copyrighted, Strut? Could. Possibly, possibly not. Was there like a 30 second rule? It's incredible. Listen to it. It's just instrumental? Yeah, it's instrumental. And then you start to hear vocals. But as you hear the vocals, they're saying, they're crying out to Jesus. I can say, thank you, Jesus, or we honor you, Jesus. And I'm like, wait, pause. This is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And and I look, and the, one of the collaborators on it is someone who I is a worship leader that I know of, David Forlu. And I'm like, that right there is the power of creativity and the mm-hmm. power of creating, is you can invade this beautiful space. Judah Earl isn't necessarily a Christian artist, that I know of. Yeah. But his music is just the background of my homework. And I hear Yahweh in it. And I'm like, hold on. I know who that is. That's crazy. Yes. And I'm like, that's, that's the gift we have with so many things. And I think of just movies that I've loved and stories that I've read and poetry and all these things. I mean, we talk about Narnia all the time, Yeah. but, and I'm like, that is the power to illustrate, like, not the worst of humanity, but the best of God. In the beginning, God. Yes, created. created. It's That's how the first he, thing he did. Yeah. And so, and I think even, I have this whole thing of just, like, it talks about in the beginning, God created. And then you go to, like, John 1, and it also is talking about, in the beginning was the word mm-hmm. and the word was God and the word was with God. And it keeps going. You, you go to Hebrews one mm-hmm. and it introduces him again as the image of the father. Jesus is the image of the father. Go to Romans one. And it talks about how we miss the glory of God when we don't honor the creator. Mm. Like, and and I'm like, well, of course, like how many pieces of art i went on this um binge that's intense word no go for it sorry um i went deep on this dive. deep dive yeah, yeah, yeah. of plays like reading okay. plays and i i made this list of like most um influential american plays so i start reading them reading through them and as i'm reading them like you know um one of them like a tennessee some oh a, a guy named Tennessee Williams is the writer yeah. of some of them, Arthur something Arthur Cartwright. Ar- yes, he, he says, was my father's neighbor. Oh, that's yeah. tender. Yeah, married uh, Marilyn Monroe. Dang. Yeah, my uncle has like poems now that I he know, would write. Like, that he would write about his the neighbor Marilyn Monroe. True story. That's crazy. I yeah. really want to read those. But Arthur Cartwright's incredible. Yeah, famous play- playwright. Yeah, and so I'm reading through these plays, and I'm like. Oh, the the things people decided 
to focus on and the things mm. that um, um, made it to the top of the list in America are some of the saddest, mm-hmm. um, saddest like circumstances. Right. And, and it, it, obviously like they're real, like they're what people have gone through. And so people can relate to them. But I was like, man, and I'm not, I don't, I'm not for like fantasy in the sense of like, let's make up something to escape. Right. But I am constantly thinking, I'm like, God, is there another door? Like, is there another door that isn't just, you know, the worst of the worst, that isn't just the most base, the most painful? Is there another door that pulls on like glory? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, like we engage the scriptures. The Bible is Bible's literature. Full yeah. of really difficult stories. Exactly. And so then I'm like, okay, I'm not necessarily looking for happy endings. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for the glory of God. Mm. And if the glory of God is the sum of his attributes, then how do I find the sum of his attributes in the stories that we tell mm. in the art that we release? Like, um, I remember this one painting that Rembrandt did of the prophet Jeremiah when Jerusalem fell. Mm. And when you pay attention to that painting, you're like, you weep because you're like, oh my gosh, Jeremiah it's it's all about emotion. And so like I'm seeing the painting in my head and I'm like, you see Jeremiah hunched over. Mm. I won't get all the details right, but hey, like listen, hold on. We're gonna put a picture yeah, of it up. Perfect. Right here. Hold it's on. Right do this. There. there we go. It's right here. <laughs> Matt hates Ta-da. it when I do this. Do you see that? Look at all the details. <laughs> but I think you just look at the pieces of the image and you look at the emotion. Mm. The colors tell a story. The colors they chose to use where it's saturated, where it's unsaturated, what you see in the distance, what mm. you see close to the center. Um, and you're, you're, and, and to me just looking, I'm like, Oh, it's a picture of an old man hunched over crying. But really it's this image of like, it's a story being told by Rembrandt mm. of the emotion that a prophet of God who spent his whole life trying to convince a nation that they should turn back to God right. or else, Destruction was coming. Destruction comes. And it's a, a true prophet is never happy when destruction, when their prophecy of destruction comes true. Right. They're they're weeping because they're like, they didn't they didn't hear me. Like they're they're broken because they're like, we're in this together. Mm. And so I just I find myself just going it's the way I experience the world and the way I experience Jesus is through just these emotive we've never had this conversation no, I, I didn't I'm even like, know that you were in this i didn't either so i don't know my my i never grew up well we were before we went on we were talking about uh kobe uh-huh, uh-huh. Right? yes right. yes yes and uh i never i can't get into the sports conversation because my parents never did that mm-hmm. right like i grew up my parents are artists oh, so i grew up going to galleries i, I grew up they're they're great my father does line art okay like that's all they like when you're talking about that like Every, my father, uh, thousands of prints of his line art. What? All day. And he just does it during church. And yeah, I'll show you some of this stuff when, we, right. when you come and hang out. Perfect. Later. Uh, th- yeah. So I grew up around this. I grew up going to art galleries. Hated it. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I get it. Right. 
But the moments that you're talking about, like I, I've seen so many of these paintings because yeah. I've been hauled around to art, gal- yeah. art galleries around the world. I, I, I'll never forget uh, Watson and the Sharks, famous, famous, famous painting where it's capturing a moment as like friends are trying to pull their friend out of the ocean as a shark's going to get, it's huge. It's like a, it's, it's bigger than this wall. It's yeah. this massive print standing in front of that. The emotion that it can invoke is very deep. It is very powerful. Oh, 100%. What an image can provoke. Where do you see, cause, cause you know, Hey, I want to start a bus, mm-hmm. right. With mm-hmm. a library yeah. that you obviously love, love literature, yeah. right. We had a, crazy theological conversation coming over here like where do you see all of this leading for you and do you see this fitting into where where god has you right now as a worship leader yeah i think the dream in my heart really like with the bus with all these things is there are these um displaced hearts um People who are who think that in order to find beauty, you have to go outside of God, mm. that God doesn't have something to say about beauty. Mm. And and I think I've discovered that that's not true. Mm. And I've discovered the only true place to find any truth, any beauty, any goodness is in God, is in Jesus. And it's found all in the pages of the scriptures. And I want to. I don't know how, but I want to build a, I want my life and I want to build a table that goes, what do you think you could find that's beautiful, that's outside of Jesus? I promise you could find it in him. Whether it's it's linguistics and the language that somebody mm-hmm. speaks, whether it's the form and the shape that you could create with a pen and a pencil, the sound in music, the culture in a completely different tribe like all these elements are in god Mm. he did that act 17 like just displays that when paul is talking to the um to the to the people uh i don't know epicureans Mm -hmm. and he's like you know this unknown god like paul i read that scripture so much and this and this is to answer that question is that feeling of Paul was waiting for I think Timothy and Silas and when he looks around in Athens he looks around and the bible says he was disturbed mm. because of all the idols and so he just starts to go talk to the other people Jews that are around and then he ends up talking to the um to the Athenians who the bible makes a point to say that they were always looking for something new. Mm. And I sometimes feel like that's my generation is like, we're looking for something new. We are throwing away anything old and we want something new. And so it interests us and we're interested in like, what's the new wave? What's the new, what we don't realize is we're being given things as new, but they're old, you know? And, um, and I'm like, how do we how do we <clears throat> make disciples of all nations through the arts? Yeah. But for real through the arts. Mm-hmm. Like one another movie I love a lot was um Midnight Midnight. It's with Owen Wilson. 
I'm it's find it. the something at midnight, midnight, midnight. Anyway, um, in essence, like when you find it, say it and it'll help me. But okay. in essence, the whole premise is the main character. Midnight in Paris. Yes. Yes. Midnight in Paris. The essence is this main character who is a storyteller and is trying to find a story to tell is um, taken on an adventure in Paris. He's in Paris and he's taken on this fantastical adventure Hmm. where he ends up, excuse me, he ends up um, meeting uh, Picasso, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Zelda, Ernest Hemingway, um, Gertrude Stein. Mm -hmm. Like he ends up meeting all these people, Langston Hughes. Yeah. And he's having conversations with them. And I remember the, I don't know how to explain it, but this ache in my heart. Because another thought that attaches to this is I always think if we're in like 2024 and we have all these people who are believing God to move, to reform, to do all these things, have any, have, has there ever been that same sort of person in like those times, but we're in the art world? Like, were there any... That's always the thing so I'm feeling. Martin Luther, one of, I mean, greatest reformer, right? Like yeah. he, well, it, I mean, there was a lot of people, but Martin yeah, Luther yeah, is yeah. the one that's really known. Super impactful. He, he, just the mindset, right, to go, I I have to look at this differently. Yes. A lot of people think that he, that he hated Catholicism. He actually didn't. He actually mm. tried to stay a mm. Roman Catholic. He was actually trying to bring a change to it. Mm. And then. Reform it. Yeah. And then it, and then it all went weird but he was he was a a hymn writer wow yeah wow yeah a lot of the early reformers wrote wrote most of the hymns that we have today wow yeah thank you guys they weren't just and and another cool thing at least this is something i've been thinking about the last two weeks is how technology played a role in those great advances 100 percent for 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 change whether it was reformation or even in revival, right? The changes, even in the worship, yes, uh, you know, industry or worship movement, mm-hmm. how much technology has played a massive shift. Um, yeah, so I think those two things are the technology, and then these people that that have this heart for creativity. They're yeah. always that are looking at things differently. It takes that sort of mind. I wonder if that's where where my heart is. Like, I just want to. I want to. I want to bring all of them into one place. I want to like serve them. I want to serve the mm. people who this would be, that would be their call. And it's some, I was talking to somebody yesterday who quoted Ken Helser, mm. um, Jonathan Helser's dad. And they talked about this concept of basically what I got from it was that you build a canvas for your generation like you, you build the canvas, then you let them paint on it. Mm. You let the next generation paint on it. And I was always thinking like, who is willing to the point of always wanting something new and always wanting to start something and always wanting to be the first. And I want my name on this and I want my name on that. It's like, who will be the person who is down to build the canvas 
for the next generation to, mm. to cut the material, stretch it over, staple it on the wood frame, build the wood frame, right. and put it up and say, okay, I made these colors. Go ahead and paint. Feel free, whatever is in your heart. And I think that's what I dream of doing for my generation somehow. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't know fully what that means, but even with the dream of this library, it's like, what if there was this, I, I want to restore, I, I don't want to sound like prideful as if I have the answer, but I, in my mind, I'm like, there's a literary crisis in some of the inner cities of America. Mm. And so you have, you have children who should know how to read, who don't know how to read because their parents don't know how to read. Right. And I don't, I don't have all the statistics. I just know this because I worked in nonprofit for like a couple years. And the kids who would come to our center, because our center was right in the middle of the projects. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like they come to us. We were in their neighborhood. Right. We were their community yeah, center. Yeah. And I remember like kids coming in who are fifth graders at like a second grade reading level, mm. you know, or second graders who don't know their phonetics yet. And it was hard. And there's so many um, reasons for that, like mm -hmm. so many. And there are people so much smarter than me who've written so many books yeah. about it. But I think my dream is to go, how can I bring the joy of reading back to you? Like, yes, the video game is fire. Like, please play it. You yeah. know, yes, like there's something cool on Netflix. But man, there was something powerful about something powerful. And I mean that in the sense of like an element of like, autonomy to to read a book and allow it to shape the way that you think and almost introduce a hope to you about the world that you live in yeah. that you can't get just by allowing like just going through someone else's story um and so for for about two years when I did that job like my job was to like steward our little library and like I remember we had a little tiny room the size of this room yeah. maybe smaller now it was the size <laughs> and I had to I arranged all the books in it I like bought stickers on Amazon I made a little stamp and built a tiny library for these wow. kids and on their free times you know when they weren't in the gym or needed some cool down time they'd come sit with me and we would just, and I would read books to them. And I, of course I would find these books by like Max Lucado or whatever. <laughs> like I'm like, Christian worldview, yeah, you know, like I was like, you've got to believe, you know. Right. Um, But I'm, but, but I also would say, you know, sometimes in my free time, I go to Barnes and Noble and I go up to the kids section. I just go straight up to the kids section yeah. um, because I'm though those are where the some of the most beautiful books are hmm. are the the kids books. Um what are what are some of your favorite? Ooh. Like from when you were a kid. Um they're the classics like The Hungry Caterpillar. Um uh there's one I'm seeing The Rainbow Fish. Mhm. Mm um Do you ever do where the sidewalk ends? 
Where the I I have those. Yeah. I have so many um Shell Silverstein mm-hmm. books like at home that I bought as a girl. I love this. I didn't know this about that. <laughs> I'm like I just there's I'm just like a kid at heart. I think I think, you know, there's a longing I just love it's I love family. I love kids. Yeah. I love I love the artists. I love the ones. I don't know why it's just so easy to for them to like fall from the focus and just kind of hand. Um, okay. When I was 16, my sister, my youngest sister was born. So I have, I'm the oldest of four. Okay. My youngest sister was born. And so I'm, I think I was in 11th grade growing in my relationship with Jesus. But now I'm 16 with a baby, a newborn in my house. And so I remember like my mom would say, Cause I got a window into how she raised us mm. by watching her raise right. my sister. But now she, it was wow. all of us doing it. It was so bizarre and awesome. And my, I would come home from school and my mom would say, whatever you put in front of her is what she will have. If you put in front of her, her in front of that TV, that's what she'll have. Mm. And I, again, I don't know what possessed me. I do, <laughs> but I felt so, uh, such a responsibility to put her in front of books because I was like, yeah, like TV's not bad at all. Yeah. I, I love film. But I but I knew that there's a power that hits your heart when you fall in love with story. Right. Um and and there's this it's an ownership too. Right. Because it shapes you. Like the way you the kind of person you become when you can articulate a story is really unique. It also helps your vocabulary. There's this percentage, again, I don't have it, but there's this percentage that homes where, how did it go? Homes where more words were spoken and the parents spoke to the child, not at the child, Mm. had their child developing at a higher rate and more efficiently or effectively than homes where this child was spoken at and there wasn't a lot of literature and reading. Mm. And sometimes there is a socioeconomic gap in that conversation. And I wonder, I'm like, how do we change that? Like, how do we... You change it by getting a bus. Yes. Loading okay, up full of books, yes, Aniola. Okay. And driving it around. Putting everywhere. a mural on the outside. Oh my gosh, yeah. stop it. <laughs> I see it now. Uh, <laughs> no, well this 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 actually brings up a question that I have. Yeah. Because we can talk we can talk about oh, this for a long time. Sure can. And I don't mind doing that. <laughs> Cause I actually Dylan and I, Dylan travels with me. You you know Dylan. I love Dylan. His, his parents are artists, or his father's an artist, his mother's a, a teacher. So we we can actually like wow. have conversations that I didn't have with anybody my yeah. age, really, just because there weren't. And the ones that like uh, that that I could have that conversation were mostly high. Mm-hmm. So um, it's understandable. But as you're talking, I'm I feel like I'm getting an, a, a a potential image mm. of why you were circuit riders. Mm. Uh, do, do, do us a favor, okay? Because mm-hmm. I actually don't know this. Mm-hmm. When did you find your gift mm. for, let me, let me rewind this. When did you learn that you had pipes of a thousand angels? 
Well, I still don't know that. <laughs> yeah. But um, when when did you when did you find out you could sing? When did you? And then how did you get involved in Upper Room? I don't yeah. know any of this story. This story is God's fingerprint all over it mm-hmm. in the best way. So um, I grew up in a Nigerian home in the UK. I was born in the UK. And then um, when I was seven, my dad got a word from the Lord to move to the States. He told me like three years ago that the reason was because the Lord said your kids will be missionaries. I didn't know that. I was like, Dad, you could have saved me. I could have just, I, anyway. But I jumped in, um, you know, to just life in America And I think, like, my parents always remind me of songs I would make up when I was little. Um, And they were like, you were like two or three. Like, you would be just singing your own songs that you made up off the top of your head. And so we got to America. And that's, like, in England. So we get to America. Where did Um, you move in America? First New York, then Florida. And then we ended up in Atlanta, Georgia. And that's where the big chunk of my childhood was. Stone Mountain, Georgia. Not far from here. Not at all. Just a couple hours. Okay. Okay. And um, when I was, I don't know, I think I might have been 11, maybe or 10. And I did my first solo with my mom. Because you think my voice is nice. My mama, her voice is why I was like, I wonder if I can sing because her voice is so smooth and like rich. And she and my dad walk through our house every day, either praying in the spirit or singing worship. That's like all they did, like all the time. They just pray in the spirit, singing and worship. And um, I just, I remember like thinking, man, my mom could sing. Mm. And so then I was like, I wonder if I can. And um, we did a solo. To, I mean, we did a duet together for the first time. Where? We were in Stone Mountain. Like, I was a okay. kid. I was Maybe I was like a Like a church or like? Yeah. Okay. I think it might have been like Mother's Day or something. Mm-hmm. And we had matching outfits. It was crazy. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to wear it. I think it was lime green. Yes, of course it, it was. It was like a lime green, like, skirt suit. That we both had. I don't know on. what a skirt suit is, it's, but I okay, want to see think of what like a skirt suit is. Pants suit. Yeah. But a skirt, a skirt one. Okay. So blazer and little. I like it. Little pencil skirt. <laughs> I look just same <laughs> outfit. I'm so happy there's no pictures, guys. I want to see this, but nah, yeah. We will never see it. So you did a duet. Did this duet. Um, Get done. And then in my mind, I was like, huh, I just sang in front of people. Like, huh. And so from then on, it was like doing the lead solo in the children's choir. Mm. Um, And then when I became a teenager, it was like our church that I was going to at the time um, kind of changed the way they did it. We still had a choir, but now the youth... Because we were just, I don't know why, but the youth were like leading worship. Mm -hmm. And so I would lead every Sunday. And every single Sunday, we would sing the pledge. You remember that song, the pledge of allegiance? I pledge allegiance to the lamb. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Look it up. It's crazy. Okay. It's like, it's like the Christian pledge. Okay. Um, and so we would sing it at the uh, at the end of worship every single single. What Sunday. kind of church is this? 
It's a Nigerian Pentecostal church. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I've never been to one. Yeah. It's the denomination is called CAC, so Christ mm-hmm. Apostolic Church, um, specifically Bethel Fellowship in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I remember we would sing the 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 what's it called the pledge. Mm-hmm. And and every time I remember the first time I did it. I because I was growing in my relationship with Jesus and I was falling in love with him. And I remember being like, I don't want to sing if I don't mean it. I don't know where that came from, but I remember thinking, I don't want to sing if I don't mean it. So then I started to go, I would look at the words because it was on the back of our program Mm -hmm. and I would like go, I have to mean this. So then I would close my eyes and go, I pledge allegiance to the lamb with all my heart, with all I am, I will seek to honor his command. I pledge allegiance to the lamb. And we'd sing it three times. And by the third time, I would be like emotional. Mm. And then I would just try like little things with my voice and be like, I wonder, you know, hopefully I don't crack, you know. And, but because of that, they kept putting me to be the person who had to sing the Pledge of Allegiance at the end of every worship set. And so that was like kind of the beginning of leading worship. Um, my family moved to Tulsa because my mom attended Rama Bible College. Okay. And then um, we were there for two years, moved back to Atlanta, and my parents um, were pursuing this dream that didn't just didn't kick off. Um, and so they uh, we landed in Charlotte, North Carolina. And so I lived in You've Charlotte. Been all over the place. I have, I have. Thank you, God. I was a missionary before I knew it. Um, <laughs> But I, so Charlotte, North Carolina, I graduate from high school, okay. 2007. Myers Park, what's up? 2007. The Mustangs. Yeah, I'm class of 2000. That's great. <laughs> We're getting old. <laughs> Not, I'm much older. It's when you meet someone and they're like, yeah, I was born in 2000. And you're like. I was born in 82. I, and I say 89 and they're like, what? I know. We're relics. I know. I'm much more relic. You... Not so much. Anyways. Um, but the high school, high school, graduate, um, go to Oral Roberts University. Okay. And so I was there for two years, um, moved back home to Charlotte. Okay. Um, the, the reason is mainly because I wasn't going to class. I was only going to like prayer. And how's your walk with that? So your walk with the Lord is strong from nine it's on. thriving. So you've never had... No, I've never had like a dip, but I have had like the seasons of like sin struggles as a believer. Yeah, I stinking love that. (laughs) So many people don't like they're like I've known him, I've walked with him my whole life. Uh They look at it as a lesser one when you hear somebody else's testimony. It's true, but I, I, it's garbage. Yeah, I love that. I I got saved when I was eight. Okay. At do you know Derek Prince's? Of course. Okay. Who doesn't? Let me tell you something crazy. Derek Prince was speaking at a church, and my parents took our whole family because they love Derek Prince. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Derek Prince does like a creative miracle, mm. preaches the gospel, mm. and then he goes, "There's one more person in here." And I remember being my little eight year old self, being like, "I don't know what my heart is being, but I believe him." So I stood up. And I walked to the front. And if and I can't tell you where, but it's on a tape. I remember my parents would play that tape. Stop. And, and he says, there's one more person. Everyone starts clapping. It's a little girl. It's a little black girl just walking up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Gives her life to Jesus. Stop it. And so that's where I gave my life to Christ. And But, you know, fast forward back yeah. to 
to I moved back home from ORU, I'm all of a sudden I'm in this season where I'm having these encounters with Jesus that um, I hadn't had before. I would be in my room and I would ask the Holy Spirit to come. He would fill my room and I would just be like, what is happening right now? Like, how come you're coming when I'm calling you? Like, and I remember I would, I, this, around this time I was like listening to Heidi Baker and like, I, I didn't know who she was. I just, I don't even know how I found her, but I would be listening to her and I would just press play on the little Dell laptop mm-hmm. and then lay down and just weep and let the Lord, let the glory just wash over. I don't know what's happening. I'm just like, this is crazy, Lord. What do you have for me? Long story short, the Lord speaks to me and is like, go to Dallas. And it, it was, it, I, it was an audible voice I, because mm-hmm. it's the only time I've yep. ever heard it. Yeah. And it was so clear. It was so strong. Um, and I was like, okay, okay, here I go. Wow. And I told my parents and they were not having it. They're like, we hear you. No, you literally don't know how to pay taxes. Like they're like these how, list how of old things. Are you at this time? Um, I think I was, this would have been 2019. So 15 years ago, I'm 34. Yeah. So anyway, probably 18 maybe. Okay. And I had just left college. And the reason I left college is because I just was not succeeding in my classes. Mm-hmm. And the I was placing all the weight I of just like, going to anything that God was at. I was just really hungry. But in my hunger, I was just like not going to class. Right. Um, Sep English class. Loved that class. Doesn't surprise me. Reading things. <laughs> um, but I would, I went back home and, and, and I remember like, they're like, you need to get a job. You need to do these things. So I had a job and all this stuff. But the Lord spoke so clearly to me. It's like, Dallas is your next stop. Mm. And so that's 20, um, sorry, not 2019, 2009. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. not 2019, it 2009. Works. So um, I moved to Dallas, and the first couple months there were terrible. Really? Terrible. You, but you um, didn't know, like, where you're going. I didn't know where I was just... going. I moved I moved there, and a friend of mine who had been super close at the time had just got married. And so I moved in with her and her husband, and then they were like, we'll get you an apartment. Mm-hmm. But then our whole relationship got so toxic. Um, one, because there was so much I didn't understand and learn about, know about life. Mm-hmm. Two, because there were newlyweds who were had big dreams. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, they just had big <laughs> dreams. Um, but they we, we and our relationship just ended like with them. And I didn't know what to do. And my mom said, you need to, your uncle, you have an uncle who went to Christ for the Nations. You should go and see that out. So I went to Christ of the Nations and I got there and immediately felt like I was right where I was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and while I was there, it's where where I met all of my closest friends, like Joel, Elissa, like really, yeah, they're all Christ of the Nations. Yeah, we. I met didn't know there. this. We all met at Christ of the Nations, like students there. Joel had been there already. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Time. Out. I thought you guys met at Upper Room. No, we were at CF and I. We didn't have. I re- this was this was so funny because all three of us, I mean, it was a big crew of us, but all of our friends we were in different like friend groups. Hold on, is it weird that they're getting married? 
No. Okay. Okay. I just. I'm sorry. I had to. But ask it that. is kind of crazy because you guys have known each other yes. from the beginning. Yeah. It feels like it. Like. Uh, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know if I should best, ask that. It's the best thing and the craziest thing. I love it because it feels like watching a fairy tale. Ah, like you're like I okay. can't believe it's happening. Anyway, yeah. Um, love. Love you guys. We. You know. You yeah. Know. Love you guys. Um. But I remember like. uh we so we didn't have a church. None of us attended a church really. Like, um, I think a couple of us were serving at churches, mm. um, but none of us had a church. So we would just get together, worship, and pray all the time. And none of us made it on the worship team. And so we were just like, so we we all like, at, at uh, CF and I, CF and I, none of us made it on the worship team. Were you ever out there when I was out there? I don't think so. I, my they, years were twenty ten to twenty twelve. I was on the cover. Of C the voice of the nation. Yes, Healings. voice of the nations. Voice of healing. Yeah. Wow. I think right around that time. I do remember Heidi Baker came. Yeah. That year. Yeah. And I remember being like, I can't believe she's here, but I don't think I okay. saw you. Okay. Never mind. I'm sorry. My no, ADD okay. is kicking in. I love this. I love when pads. Anyway, I, it's all good. So okay, so you guys won't. You guys weren't accepted on the worship right. team, right? Weren't accepted. So we all like separately led. A set in the prayer room on campus, mm-hmm. each of us separately, and so we all like meet each other and become friends in the prayer room on campus, and we are like we start doing our own like nights of worship just together, like not inviting people, just like together. And something crazy happened in that season. There was this like I don't know the only people I think that would remember would be the people who were there at the time. There was this like crazy like outpouring that happened mm. while we were there. And we would be in the cafeteria. We would be in the middle of class. We would be driving in our cars and glory would fill our cars. And we would like we all met each other in the glory. Like that's where like we I remember like we just would the craziest things. And, you know, I don't know if you know this, but like when you're. When you're kind of in the glory, you kind of just, it's just crazy. You're like, no one's in charge. God's yeah. here. What yeah. do we do? Yeah. Um, but the craziest thing, prophetic words went out. Like, it was incredible. Um, but after that, like, we were just like, man, we're so hungry. We're just so hungry. And I remember um, I was like, well, I want to, is there a place? I, I was like, I don't care about finding a church. I want to find, like, a prayer room. So I, I, did a little bit of research and I found this little church or prayer room um, on top of a vet clinic. I just followed because it had a map quest on the website. It didn't have like a picture or nothing, just had a map quest. So I literally was like, I'm just going to attend this. I'm going to go to the prayer room and hopefully it'll be open. And I show up and it's, it's a room full of people who are just like only looking at God. And I was like, I think, I belong here. Is this the up, this is upper, upper room? room? Okay, I've never been out. Yeah, oh, you have to go. I know. I I'm just the worst. Yeah, immediately. I I want to. Yeah, you'll be so blessed. How, so just how many people were were there? At the oh time? my gosh, so I think it was early? probably early. So, so I think it was like early. the early that for me. So it's twenty. The first time I walked into the doors was twenty eleven. I think the room probably had maybe one fifty to two hundred people okay. in the room. We were in a tiny vet clinic like on top of a vet clinic so you know in the quiet moments you could hear howling dogs 
I love cats. I, like it was I crazy. I stinking love it. And so we, and then like I, um, I didn't go for a, a, a small season. And then I went back in 2013, 2013. And I was going to do like my third year at Christ for the Nations. Didn't know what I was going to do. And I got a word from someone. They said that church that you've been going to, you need to live there is what they said. And I had been considering doing what Upper Room was calling their residency, mm-hmm. which is now called um, Upper Room School of Ministry. Yeah. Um, and I was like, so interesting. So I signed up. Um, I got two jobs. I worked at World Market and Jamba Juice. Yes. And I didn't have a car, so I just took the bus to both places and worked there. Um, you got to work. I got to work. You got to work. I had to. All you students listening, it's you so got to work. It's you worth work. it. Yep. It's worth it. Yep. Um, and it was really powerful because it was it was just a place. There was such a, a holy pride in getting to use the money I got from work to pay for my classes. Yeah. It was so cool. Come on. Um, but all of us in our own way, we were all searching. And I remember like as the season ended, they were like, do you want to lead a set? Or help like serve co-lead a set. And so I led a set. Then it was like, do you want to? Then I moved to Denver, Colorado to help um, start the prayer room in in Upper Room Denver. There's an Upper Room Denver? There was. It's called House Denver now. Okay. I believe. And um, we, but I remember we moved, I moved to Denver, about 20 of us, and just was in a prayer room every day. And then I would go work at Apple and Jamba Juice (laughs) and like, but I would lead these sets. And I think that season for me was where um, the, I guess, responsibility of stewarding a room in worship was like planted in my heart Mm -hmm. because I didn't know how to play the piano. I still don't really know, but I know everything in the key of C and numbers. (laughs) And so I would just sit there and, and, play I think you make me brave it just come out and I just would play the best I could and just sing you make me brave and like we would in this tiny room same probably same size as this room and just like weep before God in Denver Colorado and ask God to build a stronghold of his presence in Denver and then six months later I moved back to Dallas started leading worship all of us started leading worship at that time wow um, and you guys had the you guys had been formed together. Yes. Now, were there other people leading worship before? I know you guys totally. have like a lot of teams. Totally. That do a lot of stuff. Yeah, there were like like Meredith Malden. Um, she's an incredible worship leader. She leads these things called Song Labs now. Mm. But she was one of the first worship leaders there. A guy named David Porkadu, Trace Howard, like these these people who like formed what worship was at upper room and it was right. it was less about sound it right. was all about heart and it was all about like how do we give god what he's due nonstop like how do we come in this room and minister to the heart of god and i never heard that language before but it resonated in me like it it echoed in my heart i was like this mm. is what i was made to do is to minister to god um and so like honestly that was my life for from 2013 till 2022 was just being wow, it was years. insane watching god like land on our house and 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 watching him form 
us form our pastors. Like we all, all of us were like these kids learning how to steward what God was doing. So, so I was a kid when I started traveling with Randy yeah. right? and I, and I had a small group of guys right? Yeah. that, that we were all kind of coming up together. How did you guys handle jealousy? How did oh, you guys handle this is so good. Um, those moments when you saw people starting to get favor? Yeah. Maybe others didn't. Yeah. Did that happen? What it was did. that like? What were those conversations? Oh like? my gosh. How did Mike, did Michael jump in? Like, oh, I just want to know. I think it, it kind of goes back to what I, we talked about earlier yeah. about family. One of the primary things that I saw in my season there was a community that was bent on being family. Mm. And sometimes we knew how to do it well. And sometimes we didn't. And, but we did it and we had to, we, all we had was each other. Like in the, not in a negative way, in the best way we were like, God didn't bring us together to make something big. He brought us together period, you know? And so whenever like the seasons changed and we started becoming more known, what so many people don't know is prior to that season, our community had this intense outpouring of the fear of God. Wow. Like before we even got on like media, because Michael had a word from the Lord to not get on media. And so we weren't on media. We weren't on YouTube. We weren't on anything because the Lord spoke so clearly to Michael and to our leadership. No, but what was beautiful is we had formed these beautiful relationships, built our lives around God's presence and glory in the form of the fear of the Lord mm. hit our house. Mm. And we, there was a stripping, there was a stripping, there was a deliverance. There was a, 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 a fire a refiner's fire that came and we did not know what it was for. I, I, I mean, maybe some people did, but I remember going like, God, what is happening? Like this is, beautiful and painful like mm. you're going after so much in us as a house my my small group of friends who were leading worship and and our leadership were going through the stripping and then the lord speaks and says now i want you to drop moments of your worship into culture wow, wow. and then we're like huh and i remember i'll speak for myself yeah i remember when the cameras came out mm-hmm that's when all the junk came up. Because then you want to blame the cameras for your junk coming up. And it's like, nah, the junk was there. The camera's just exposed. Hold on. <laughs> just time out. Yeah. So you noticed a shift. Yes. Yeah. When, when cameras came in. Yes. And what what was that shift? Was that in each individual's heart? Was it was it like everybody else at the yeah. same time? Like how, how was that? Totally. I mean, it's... it's. Could you see pride come up? Like, what, yes, what was it? Yes, you see pride. You see performance you see comparison i gotta ask you a question yes. what does performance look like okay in those moments like yeah okay like i will I say my, like, what i am not like? against performance mm-hmm. because the bible says jesus performed miracles so like not against performance but in those moments it i think performance from an from a needs base mm. become is very different from a performance when it's like i'm already loved i'm already known i'm already loved and i remember in me in us in different ones of us there would be these moments where it would almost be like i have to make sure i make a moment like the song that i do will go viral if i make a moment i remember thinking that because it was what was happening right and 
I remember there would be these moments where I'd be angry and I would direct my anger at leadership or my friends because I was like, you're not telling me what the measure of success is. Like, what's our measure? How do I know I'm being a good worship leader? It seems like good worship gets the YouTube moment. And I realized the Lord was like, you're mad at them, but me and you need to be having a conversation because I didn't put you up here to even think about measuring success. I put you up here. One, the that proverb that says the praise of people is like refiner's fire. Mm-hmm. It's like that, that was what was happening to us. God, it's not that God was like, what you're doing is wrong. He was like, I got to get the dross out. Mm-hmm. And the only way to truly get the dross out was to expose because exposure exposes what Michael Miller always said to us in that season. He would just look at us with our little whiny selves and be like, exposure exposes. Mm. Just that it's not the camera. God's bringing it out. Like it's coming out because you're in the light. And, and so we all, I, for me, like performance looked like, what song am I going to pick today? Mm. Am I, and, and got to make sure that it hits every time. And, And I got to make sure that I sing as much spontaneous as possible because I know that I'm anointed to do that. Um, And, and I remember you start jockeying like when you're singing with other people, like what, like I don't know this world, like I've seen it. 100%. What does that look like with the, with your friends, the conversations off stage? Do you have those conversations? You guys fighting about not fighting, you know, disagreeing. Yes. Like, Like, because it was friendship. Like we would look at each other and like someone does some, before that we would have a, we had a prayer set. That was um, a 10 to 12 p.m. Friday night prayer set that nobody came to. Like before cameras, no one came to our prayer set. Then all of a sudden people started coming. And it was not us. It was the Lord that was bringing people. Mm. But But I know I started to feel the pressure of the song that I led. And how long, you know, in our spontaneous moments in a prayer set that, um, my friends were singing than me and, and I would pay attention to that and it would shut me down. And so then I'd be like, I'm not wanted here. I'm, I'm da, 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 because I dealt with so much rejection in general. And so I would, it would eat my lunch on those stages mm. and we would have conversations and someone's moment would go viral and all of us, it, it did form us. Like we became someone on the other side of that. Some of us <laughs> on the other side of that became, um, like people were like, I don't care. I could care less about it. Some of us on the other side became people who said we don't care, but cared a lot. And I put at myself. Um, and then some of us became, you know, people who were like, I'm, I'm out. Like, I don't want to be a part of this because it's too much. Um, but in our conversations, I remember there were so many seasons where we would sit across from each other at coffee and be like, I'm really upset with you. Yeah. And they'd be like, and it's the awkward, like, you know, like, so he, <laughs> it's so he, awkward. Here's the thing that I love, because it's no different in, in any ministry. A hundred percent. Right? Yeah. When, whenever God's on something. Missions field. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Right? Uh, traveling with Randy. Yeah. With, with the, you know, group of interns, right? They're all coming, being raised up. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing. Because you, you do have to fight through this stuff. Mm-hmm. The flesh has to die. And I've, I heard a lot of people, right? Same. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. And 
I've been doing my best to go around and clean up yeah. the messes that I made. But but those moments are very they're very important. They have to happen because God God does give people platform. A hundred percent. It's from Him. What I feel like the little that I've spent with Michael, mm-hmm. who I just respect immensely. Yeah, Michael was the leader or is the leader mm-hmm. of Upper Room, mm-hmm. and his wife, whose name Larissa. Larissa. Yeah. Larissa. Those guys, when I heard them preach, I was like, I get that. Yeah. 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 Um, from everything that I've watched him move in, like, feels like they handled that really well. That whole season of like yeah. going from, from nobody knowing mm-hmm. to bang, like you guys are all around the globe yeah. in, in all, literally all around the globe. I will say, I remember in those early days, Larissa, she talk about a big sister. That's my big sister. <laughs> And she would, there was a statement she made to me once. She said, um, don't ever leave the altar. She's like, mm. stay at the altar. Mm. And she says it so much better than me, but she talked about building a life around the altar, at the altar, and being like, I'll meet you at the altar. If we're in an argument, I'll meet you at the altar. If we're in a place of joy, I'm going to the altar. And it's that place of consistently going like, um, Romans 12, 1, like present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. So the worship isn't even in the song. Mm. The worship isn't even in the, um, in the stage. It's in the act of daily going, I'm going before the altar. And it sounds so metaphorical, Mm. but, but really what that looks like is when opportunity asks me to pay it like to say get, like hey give me yourself when opportunity wants to buy me buy yeah. my allegiance i look at opportunity and say i it's it's i don't have my allegiance mm-hmm. my allegiance is at the altar yeah and so then i'll i have to go back to the altar to even say opportunity can you have this right. like can opportunity have this and i've just learned through that watching them Cause I'll tell you right now, they are two of the most unimpressed people I ever met. Like they are so. I w- I remember seasons when crazy like people would come and be like, "Aniel, I want to write with you," or da da da. And I would go back to them like, "Oh, this person said they want to write with me," and they'd be like, "Okay, cool, not a big deal," you know. And I and it was this beautiful. I loved it because it it steadied me. It steadied right. me and it helped me. They treated people right. rightly always, and yeah. even us, and we were so welcomed into the family. So everything was so family oriented. Right. And so, to your point, when it came down to just the craziness, the bigness, each of us had to not go to them, but go before God mm. and get like because sometimes on the flip side, we could become victims to the influence that God gives us. We could become victims. Yeah. yeah. And almost be like, God, how could you let me? Like, how could you? It's I I look at it like um Adam and Eve mm-hmm. and then being mad at God for the fruit that's in the garden that he said not to, right. to eat from. And then almost be like, Lord, like the woman you gave me or the snake that you was in the garden or da da da. It's like, and the Lord's like, you always have a decision to make. Come on. You always have a choice to make. And I think like I've just I learned I'm, I'm learning literally still yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, the power of stepping into everything, whether it's a victory or a defeat. Yeah. 
um, with God as king. Yeah. Like, I think even when it comes to worship, this is why I love to worship, but also why I'm like, my worship isn't just what's on stage. Because for yeah. me, it is that thing, that song that I sang as a kid of just like, right. I pledge allegiance to you. You have right. my allegiance. Right. It's your whole life. It's my life. Yeah. And I think all of us, like in that season at Upper Room, had to get to that point. And I watched all of us do it. I watched my friends do it. Yeah. I watched them go like, like die at the altar and then get up and, 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 and then like let God have everything. Yeah. Um, whether that meant no stage or stage every time. Yeah. Um, well that's the, and, and it's obvious. Yeah, for in sure. The whole entire crew. Yeah. Um, we were just at, at the send. Mm -hmm. I, uh, Alyssa's a fiance, Joel, Joel. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like the worst with names, <laughs> Joel, Joel, what I love about Joel, and I've never really spent too much time with him, but the little bit of time that I have got to spend with him, very intentional. Mm -hmm. Like he Extremely. doesn't just go, Oh, Hey, what's your name? Like, nope. he's like, how are you? Where are you from? Yeah. What's going on? Like Alyssa, she was walking by. Uh, I was like, Hey, this is my wife. I don't think she had ever met my wife. Yeah. She like spent 20 minutes. Didn't have to right? like what, what I, through all that struggle with, it sounds like that family atmosphere that yeah. kept you guys really grounded. Yeah. Um, I think it's produced something insanely beautiful. I agree. Insanely beautiful. And li listen, mm -hmm. I, I need to take a break because mm -hmm. I'm fasting. Okay. And then I have a stream of things that I want to hit with I'm you. I'm so excited. You sure? Yep. Okay. Uh, listen, mm -hmm. well, we're back from our break. Yeah. Um, I need to take a break. I honestly not from you. you. I just <laughs> need it. I've never done that in a podcast. <laughs> it's so good. Also, we were deep diving. Like we were just down in the waters. Yeah, we were. So we just need to come up for some air. I just you got a tattoo. I do. Just the one? No, I have four. I have one, two, and then three, four. Can I ask what they are? Yes. So first tattoo I ever got is the word brave in my handwriting. Went to go get my first tattoo. Then this tattoo is a butterfly tattoo I got with all my best friends. When Dude, I every moved. chick needs a butterfly. I'm telling I'm just you, I'm honestly, we do though. <laughs> um, but I got this one. All of my best friends who came with me to Reading to drop me off um, two years ago when I moved, um, we all got a tattoo. Hold on, to Reading? Yeah, you, you moved to Reading. I did for like four months. What? Uh huh. When? It was. 20 is the beginning of 2022. That's where I was, was right before I moved to. So I just Sakurai. moved out. Really? When did we leave Reading? 2021? 2021? 2022? I, 2022. 2021. I, 2021, I moved out. The 20s is when I got there. Okay. Aww. Or three. No, two. Okay. We all got this. Um, and then um, I got this one because one of my favorite artists is John, John Michael. Basquiat. Basquiat. Yes. <laughs> but D Dylan has a Basquiat sweatshirt. I love Basquiat. I love Basquiat. Uh, Birth of Earth yes. is my favorite Basquiat. Yes. I love him specifically because of the use of the crown. Yeah. And because my last name means royalty. And so I love, there's just such a beautiful. Dude, leave a comment if you like art. Okay. Yeah. Leave a comment. Show love. Seriously, like leave a comment and, and, and show some love because. Yeah. Uh, before we started filming, Annie was like, I rarely get to talk about this stuff. And I, I love yeah. the fact that you get to talk about this stuff. I know. It's just so, like, it's so good for my heart. Yeah. This last piece I got here in Franklin 
What? From one of my friends. Her name is Rachel Cunningham. And she has um, a True Eden is the name of her whole thing. And is she on Insta? Yeah, I think True Eden. Check it out. Get your Check tattoo out there. True Eden. Her bookings may be closed, but maybe open. I don't know. It's really beautiful. Yeah. What kind of flower is it? Race. It's an evening primrose. Why primrose? So here's what's crazy. She goes, hey, I would love to do a tattoo for you. Can I pick the flower and the size? And I was like, yes and yes. Because I knew I wanted this. Like, right. real talk, my dream is to get, like, a garden all up my arm. Yeah. But she um, she picked this because of evening primrose, I believe, represents first love. Wow. Um, And so it was just, a um, like, this beautiful, like, um, prophetic word, yeah. honestly. Um, and that's kind of her whole thing when it comes to tattoos as I well. I love it. So, yeah. I've been thinking about getting one for years. Ooh. Yeah. Honestly. It was going to be a primrose, but I decided. Yeah. yeah you just kind of ruined it for me. Yeah, I'm no, sorry. <laughs> you get, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what what tattoo should I get? Um, You should get Tell me a cross. <laughs> <laughs> you should get uh, a drawing of Mozambique. Really? No. Let's go. Actually, my son and I are having a conversation about tattoos. Right wow. Now. He's 17. And uh, I told him he could get a tattoo mm-hmm. if it was his grandfather's or grandmother's artwork. That's really yeah. special. So, That's yeah. really special. I don't I, know. We'll see. Yeah. I remember the first time I showed my parents these. And my dad, oh, I love him so much. He literally goes, it looks nice. You know, Aww. like he was, because he was, like dad's. didn't want me to get a tattoo, but he was like, it's great. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> want it for my kids. I don't, but like, whatever. It doesn't matter. I get it. I get it. It's just don't go, like, yeah. don't get, go to a place where it's going to like cost your relationship. Yeah. See, the thing is in missions, which you are. Very true. Right. Very true. You 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 can really hurt. You can close doors before yeah. they even open. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I would rather. Just my personality type is. I would rather not stir the pot for the sake of stirring the pot. There are other yeah. people. Like I got a friend of mine, and I mean this in the most beautiful way. Yeah. I, Jake Hamilton. Yeah. Who I was thinking you definitely should meet. Oh, I'm down. Jake has this gift where he can like go in and just stir the pot like every <laughs> like religious pot it's like this calling on him and then like and then like if people get offended he like wraps his arms around and he's like we're gonna run together now <laughs> like and it's just healing like Jay, i love Jay, the, actually a lot of the time while you were sharing about your journey into art like do you know who jake hamilton is i know of him yeah oh my gosh some of his songs have wrecked me jake wrecked me jake and you are so similar no in way. so many ways. Yes. Wow. Yes. I mean, he's a dude and is a rocker, mm-hmm. but like the love of literature, the love of poetry, the wow. love of creativity. You can't put Jake. Shout out Jake Hamilton, Honestly, by the way. I love you, you dude. Yeah. He, 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 he beautifully navigates this call of worship, but doesn't stop it there. Like mm. heart of family. He literally like his ministry right now is right. Is like going after, fathers and going after husbands like to get their marriages like i've sat around fire pits with him and you think like i pride myself on getting people to talk Mm -hmm. i I was within moments 
He's just having men share their deepest, darkest secrets oh to see healing for the family. Wow. Jake and Nikki Hamilton Lord. are incredible. I've you only would, heard good things about You them. would love Ugh. Jake. Like art, creativity, but deep, deep, deep passion for the Lord. And and Jake also had this meteoric rise, right? Mm, Where yeah, he went hidden yeah. from like a pastor yeah. in mm. Southern California mm-hmm. to bang. He's he's literally running around the globe yeah. in stadiums. Uh it, I love that man. Yeah, you need to meet sometime. I'm down, okay. so down. Okay, listen, because uh, I know our cameras only have a certain amount of time that they can record. <laughs> so I want to make sure we we cover a couple of stories yes. or a couple of. I actually want to hear a couple things that I don't know. Yeah. So you're there. You're in uh, Texas. Yeah. You're. You have cameras now. Yeah. Right. You guys are, your team is going through a, a sorting season, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and good stuff is coming up to the surface and yeah. it's being dealt with. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, how the heck <laughs> did you go from there to circuit riders being at the send? Oh. And can I just say <laughs> like, I was in, I think it was Boston. Mm. Was it in Boston? Every other God is an mm. idol. Like I came back. Shout out Tim Reimer. Yeah. I, I don't know who Tim Reimer is, Yeah, I, but I mm-hmm. bet he doesn't have pipes like yours. No. <laughs> the fear of God came in the mm. room. The fear of, I, and I came back and I told my daughter, Bella, I was like, Bella, you have to listen to this. And then wow. she's been playing it nonstop. Mm. And then you sang that again at the send. What, why? Is that song? Why does heaven fall when you sing it? Mm. Like, what is it about that song that you have fully? I've heard other people sing it, yeah. But like, when you sing it, there's an there's a yeah. Like, what is that? I've been wondering the same thing, and I think potentially, I I more than anything, I believe that song. More than anything, mm. I every it's what I was saying about Act Seventeen. It's what I was saying about art. It's what mm. I was saying about um, my history with the rejection, and um, I just feel like I my life has been this story where God has only proven mm. that He is literally the only. The only one who could do anything like there's no other being in existence who can fill my bedroom with love. Like not with and and not take anything from Mm. me except all the things that would hinder me from experiencing love. Who the heck else can do that? Who can fill me with love and only take away the things that hinder love? And I think I've just been so convinced and convicted. Like the fear of the Lord is the most beautiful place I've ever lived. Like it is, it is so to fear God means I see him. It means I can see God Yeah. because to you, um, to fear God literally means I'm, I'm in the place where you are Mm. and everything that you are, I'm receiving like, I think of Isaiah six and the, how intense that scripture is where Isaiah, the coal touches his lips. That's intense. 
And then he's like, woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in, amongst a people of unclean lips and intense. But then the fruit of that place is so in light of that. Yeah. Here am I, send me. And everything in the scriptures points to a God who is love, a Godhead that is filled with love. Isaiah in the Old Testament encountered love. Love, love burned like mm. the cold. Like love was the one that brought him cold. Love was the one that provoked him to go, here am I, send me. Love was the one that had him writing all these incredible prophecies about someone he had not yet, I don't know, maybe he did see, but I'm just like, it was love. And love and the fear of God are these they're not even like two sides of the same coin there. I mean, of the yeah, they're, they're the essence of God. Yeah. And I'm like, who else can boast that? Right. Who else could boast that? And I, and whenever I sing every other God is an idol, I think it's probably tattooed on the inside of my heart somewhere. <laughs> like I really do. I'm like, because I could be in the, I could feel so insecure I could feel like all eyes are on me and what am I doing on this enormous stage in a freaking arena? Like I could just be like, what the heck am I doing here? And then all of a sudden I remember that every other God, anyone else, any, whether that God is material, whether that God is another religion, whether that God is whoever Satan tries to make himself in people's lives. Yeah. It's an idol. Like, it's just an idol. And and you can fit an idol in your pocket. Like, mm. a man's hands can make that. Like, I think it's in Isaiah where it has that whole thing. I can't remember where in Isaiah. But it literally starts to go. It's like, you could, you, you're worshiping something that you could, you chop the tree down and then you shaped it with your hands. Yeah. And now you're worshiping that. Like, it's going to bring you rain. I could... A flame will consume that thing. Mm. My God is a consuming fire. fire. He died on a piece of wood. Like creation groans for him. Like he's everything points to him. And so then I'm like, how, what else is there that is that important? And I think I just, I, this world is just full of so many things that are vying for that. And, I don't know. Maybe the Lord is just like, I really believe you, you know, or whatever. Did you hear that? That was a dog, I think. So loud. Too. It was. Y'all I don't dog? know. I don't. That would be crazy. It's a big rat. I probably we uh, do have rats I mean, sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. I was, I'm leaving. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, um, I got to yeah. ask you another question. Yeah. I have so many. Um, I I noticed that when you worship, mm-hmm. uh, I notice in a lot of the upper room. But I also know, you know, Stephanie, mm-hmm. who's a good friend, yes. and I respect. You worship with your eyes closed most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Why? Um, I think I go back. It's a tension point for me because <laughs> I want to be connected to the people that I'm worshiping with. Yeah. And I don't just mean on stage. I mean in front of as well. And I um and I think like sometimes worshiping with my eyes closed anchors me. Mm. It's like my I don't necessarily mean this negative because I haven't decided that it's negative that I do yeah. it. I just know it's a habit. And so worshiping with my eyes closed is like I feel anchored and I feel like I can lock into what I'm doing and what I'm saying. It kind of goes back to that season I was telling you about of just like I just don't want to 
lie up here. I don't want to be lying. Like if I'm singing, you know, anything, if I'm singing our God reigns, mm. I'm, I'm trying to put myself into, into that reality. Yeah. If I'm watching a movie, I never close my eyes because I'll miss something. Right. Like if I'm listening to a song, i and you talk to me in the middle of the song, I'm going to start the song over, you know? Really? Yeah, because I'm like, oh, I got to remember, I got to hear, I got to hear what just happened. I'm the kind of person who, who like, repeats. Like, I repeat songs. Like, I find a song I love, and that's the song Same I go way. to, like, all the time. All the time. And I feel like with God, because I cannot see him, closing my eyes helps me. Yeah to walk by faith in those moments and agree with what's true. Yeah. Um, or else I'll start to depend it on people's reactions. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to ignore that either. I, 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 I feel I both things. Yeah. You I don't know, think the there's anything wrong things. with that. I'm like, if you're in the room and, and the glory, you start screaming because a song we're singing is doing something. Right. My desire is that I align with whatever God's doing and hopefully you're aligned with whatever God's doing so that I'm yeah. not doing it based off of what you're doing. I'm doing it based off of, but then also in a place of love, I mean, as a missionary, as a circuit writer, we go to college campuses all the time. And so we get to these college campuses and they're like, play this song, play this song. And it's like, okay, like, yeah, there's nothing sinful about me doing the song that you right. wanted me to do. Right. Like I, we wrote it. So yeah. of course, but I do think like closing my eyes becomes just like a, my little way of staying, staying young and staying connected. And like, um, and, and then in the same breath, I try and remember to open them and look at people in the eyes when I'm worshiping in front of them. Cause I just, this isn't like, I'm not a Grammy award winning like singer on a stage that is hosting a concert. I'm I'm your sister who's mm. up on the stage singing words for us. This our body like hey, Hold that's on. Like, yeah. Time out. <laughs> Have you guys won awards I don't know of? No. Okay. No, 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 no. You you've been nominated though, right? I don't know. There are a bunch that are getting awards. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people. Is that something you desire? In in a, in a beautiful way. No, no, like no. In the yeah, purest I hear way. you. I feel it in pure. I I don't. I'll say this. Like it would be it's, cool. It would be cool. Okay. It would be so cool. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It'd be so cool. But every time I think of this, you remember like growing up watching Larry King live. Yeah. <laughs> And then somebody would like <laughs> it's such a weird. I haven't been something. asked that in forever. Yeah, I yeah. know, I know. Yeah. But somebody would say something, and you'd be like, "If I was there, I would never say right, that." Right, right. I always was like scared of being the person who would be on Larry King Live or getting an award, and they're like, "She didn't even thank God for real," wow. you know. So I'm always like, nah, "I'm good." Like I don't want to. Because there's a lot. Uh, what I've seen lately, mm -hmm. and I and. Honestly, in my heart of hearts, zero shade. There's some like yeah. friends have, yeah. are winning yeah. awards, yes. right? and I and I love that. And yeah. Do you, have you seen a shift in worship where mm. where the award means nothing? Yeah. Like, yeah. I have friends that have won multiple awards, like personal friends yeah. that love the Lord, 
So I'm not trying to point out a specific person at all. Yeah. But do you, every time I see that, I'm like, man, that's got to be a hard thing to navigate. I have only known whenever the accolades of man reach Mm. like a height, there is a struggle for the person to stay tethered to God. Yeah. Like, and not necessarily, yeah, like you have to, because there's a wrestle. Mm -hmm. I, I would venture to say that if you're gonna, if man presents you with a high award, then at some level you will have to come to terms with what you're going to do with that. Yeah. As, um, in waiting to hear what God actually has to say. Yeah. I think maybe the tension point with awards, award shows, all those things just ends up being, we are a company of saints Mm. and we've been bought by blood Mm. and everything we're doing on this side of history is for this beautiful man. And there are these, you know, I've been reading the martyrs letter, the the I yeah, am Fox's. of the fellowship. No, the one, the one, the the one written by the Rwandan martyr is that I'm of the fellowship of the unashamed. Mm. It keeps going, but these I read these like manifestos that martyrs, people who have been martyred, give, and people don't run out there looking to be martyred. Like they run out there looking to give God all the glory his due, which another word for glory is fame. Right. So they're so go parse this out. Yeah. So what it looks like to give God his glory is to lay my life down all the way on the floor, blood leaking. Like it's like, Every, everything I have becomes his, which is why there's a fellowship in suffering. Mm. So then when we as man build these um, ways of honoring one another, that almost seems like it's like it matches. I never thought I'd be the person saying these words. So just talk. But it's like, but that matches. This is a conversation. It is such a conversation. This is an opinion today. It might change and it it might not. And people that watch this, they get that. And the ones that don't, it's all right. I love fine. They're awesome. And they're on, they're on their path. But like, this is a conversation. Yeah. I think, I think that, um, the, the reality is you, looking at me going, your song was so good. Here's a award. Yeah. It, what matters is what do I think is the measure of success for Mm. the song? And so, um, I think of songs like, okay, Agnes day. Oh, okay. Right. I don't know. I have no idea. It's it's one of the greatest songs. The person who wrote that song. Who wrote it? I think it's Michael W. Smith. I think it is Michael W. Smith. But for me, it was Mac Powell, Third Day. Wow. The first time I heard that song. And it is. It is. It's in there. Do you know know who? I know who Third Day is. I I knew none of the people. Oh, my gosh. Mac Powell, Third Day. When they did that, they're, mm. they were just a touring rock Christian yeah. group Yeah, that when he sings that song still to this day, and it came at a moment when I was like in transformation, giving my life away Whoa. and still it shakes me to the core. But I isn't that, that interesting? What are we saying? 
only. You are holy. Mm -hmm. Are you Lord God Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb. That's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. And I'm like, that, the measure of success for a song, I think, Mm. is what happens when the song is sung. Yeah. Um, Which could be, oh my gosh, the room went crazy because they love that song. Which, to be honest, the room could go crazy. If if you open up with, uh, do the, look at the stars, how they shine for you, the room's going to go crazy because we love Coldplay. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, the, you know, name a person. Like, the there's like, an intro to a Kanye song. As soon as you hear it, you're like, ah, you know, I think I want, I dream that that is God's reaction to a song I wrote, Mm. whether the song is vertical or the song is horizontal. The song is commissioning or the song is a love song or the song is whatever. My dream is that if I write it, that the tether is so strong here that he's like, Oh, I'm I love that song. I was waiting for that song. Mm. No matter what it is. I remember I had this moment years ago at Upper Room. And I it was like my first or second time leading worship. And I was leading one of my friends, Cody Rayleigh. Um, and we were leading, and I remember we went into this um spontaneous moment of like, I'll never be separated. I'll never be separated. Mm. Um and then I started singing because it was in my heart. I just said, wise men say, only fools rushing, but I can't help falling in love with you. And I remember, like, I closed my eyes because I got really nervous. Mm. And so I was feeling, like, the nervous chills. So I just closed my eyes. And and I was like, I'm going to lock in because I'm singing this to you. And you just so happened to overwhelm me while I was standing in front of people. So what do I do here? And I remember I, I started crying and it went acapella. Like, no, Mm. there was nothing playing. And then all you could hear in the room was just people weeping. And I said, that for me is a measure of success Mm. is one, the, the, the evidence of God's manifest presence in a moment. Yeah. When you sing something, that's like, that's it. And so I think like, I think it's, that can be hard because who doesn't want to dress up yeah. and go to the awards show and have a bunch of people agree that you wrote the best song of the year. Yeah. That's cool. That's it's, so cool. It is cool. But, the, but and I, I think it's also like, I, I think it's hypocritical mm. to say like God wants to put us in every place in the world that part and i and i think we can get a little hypocritical with yeah that. yeah it, for me it boils down to who's the person yeah right like how are they handling like yes. how are you handling the transition from being hidden yeah. in in uh you know a prayer room yeah to cameras now yeah. being put on like and i think that there are these stages of growth yeah. bill johnson said this yeah. to me i think he said this before he said it a lot of places but he said this to me uh when i asked him how 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 does he handle all this stuff because first time I saw him in 99 I was 17 and people literally people would run out of his Mm. session this is 1999 they Mm. would just get up and run and start like armfuls of his product they had never heard anything like before it was like 
it was still to this day, it's one of the only times I've heard audible screams while someone's just preaching Jesus. because they had never heard that before. They were like, I can't, like, ah, like, it was like they found the, yes. what they had been, oh. like, these messages they'd been looking for. And Bill said, you know, every, every day, I, 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 he says, I have no problem accepting someone's, like, thank you, that was an amazing yeah. message. He goes, every day, the important thing is that I put my crown Crowns down at his feet, him. right? Yes. Um, because there is a, there is a tension in there. I don't have it figured out. I do know that nobody has a problem with my friends that are in rock or like I've had Brian on here uh, from, from corn. Yeah. Nobody has a problem with him winning awards. Yes. You, okay. You know what? There's this thing that, um, okay. I might get this wrong, but is a, there's a man of God. His name is Phil Ward. Um, Phil. Are you talking about Phil and Amy? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heck yeah, I was okay. just at his birthday party a couple nights ago. I love yeah. Phil so love much. Those I love Phil. I met Phil. That must have been a while I met ago. Phil like 18 years ago. Wow. In Brazil. Anyway, wow. another story. Like, I, I knew him. Uh, uh, yeah, different Phil. That's crazy. Same, I mean, same dude, same amazing heart, yeah. He, I love him. He's such a... He's a treasure to me. Like how you're a treasure to me. Like he's a treasure to me. Love that dude. Um, I have another friend who was preaching this message and he, he quoted a dream that Phil had. And he, he said, long story short, I could butcher it, but he basically, Phil was um, standing before, he was standing somewhere and an angel came to him in the dream it's crazy, whatever. But an angel came to him in the dream and then gave him like a beautiful crown. And then, um, and the crown was like immaculate, gorgeous, just a beautiful crown. And Phil was like, no, that's not for me. Keep the right. crown. And the angel was like forcefully like, bro, take this crown. Yeah. And Phil's like, I'm not taking that crown. Finally, at some point he gives and he puts the crown on. And then he... I think either he entered another space and in this space, he was now before Jesus. And when he was in that space, he threw the crown as yeah. hard as he could yeah. before him. Then he turned around and ran back to see if he had anything else to give him. And there was nothing else, no other crowns. Mm. And I was wrecked by that story dream. To me, it's a, it's a life parable mm -hmm. because I kept thinking the Bible says he's crowned with many crowns. Mm. It talks about elders throwing crowns at his feet. Mm. Where did they get the crowns from? Like, where did they come from? And then you read scriptures and it says if you endure, yeah. you'll receive the crown of life. Like, you have all these, okay? So then I'm thinking to myself, if perhaps Michael W. Smith's crown is the world's response to Agnes day. If, yeah. if someone else's crown is their Grammy, if someone else's crown right. is their Oscar, if someone else's crown is their children, like whatever. Right. And then you get before the King of Kings. I want to be able to throw, if you're giving me this door, yeah. instead of being a victim to my influence, I want to steward it as a talent and go, when you come, mm. when you come back, master, here is what I've done. Here are all the crowns. I would love to spend all my days, because that's what we're doing when we're worshiping. 
we're just saying to him, everything is yours. Mm. The beauty is yours. The glory is yours. The dominion is yours. The adoration, the praise, the honor, the all of it, it's yours. Every beautiful thing, it belongs to you. And I think we do well to steward like those crowns and we go, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much yeah. for that. Eniola, that was incredible. Thank you so much. Yeah. Not, no, it wasn't me. It's like, yeah. it was God in that. It wasn't that good. It wasn't <laughs> that good. Like God wasn't singing, you know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, we wouldn't right. be here if he right, was. Right, right. And so I do, I do feel this um, longing to demystify like that fear of being prideful um, and that fear of, of, but also the fear of the Lord will keep you. It mm. keeps us. It's clean. And so, and it's the beginning of wisdom. And so, Whenever I feel myself even remotely thinking about touching the glory of God, then I run to the altar and I say, we got to, you've got to burn me again. Like I've got to be on fire again. Um, And And so community, community keeps a hundred percent. And that's, I think that's where a lot of people go, go wrong. Right. They, they get out of community. They start in community. Then they get out of community. They're like favor comes and then they they think that they isolate. Yep. It's dangerous. So community, being a part of a local body, yes. having friends that disagree with you, yeah, and you not running, yeah, like all of it, it all plays a crucial role. I don't have. Uh, let me. How, how much time we got before our our recording goes out? <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're we're gonna rapid fire. Okay, let's do it. You ready? Yep. Uh, who are the top people on your uh, Spotify right now? Ooh. Yeah, I, and I want it. I, like, pull, oh, pull okay, it out. Okay. okay. I like, like, I don't can want. Can I look? Because I don't have it memorized. Yeah. Um, okay, right now, I am listening to instrumental okay. music. So, Judah Earl. I said him earlier. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I have, um, okay, there's this incredible girl named Myrda Nicholas. She lives in Jersey. She shout has a out, song. Shout out, Mirda. Shout out, Mirda. You know I love you. Um, she has a song called Kind God. Mm-hmm. I cannot stop listening to that song. Okay. I love every lyric in that song. Um, and then I am also listening to um, Afro, Afro beat praise and worship and um, like Afro beat hip hop. And then um, a woman named Sumi Sola Agbebi. Yeah. She's Sumi like Sola. Sumi Sola Agbebi. Are you a Toby Ninigwe fan? I love Toby Ninigwe so much. I can't even pronounce the last name. That's all right. Ninigwe. That's why I said it for you. I love. I love stuff. him. He's mixing the arts. Uh, and he, he, he insane. Yeah, really, really beautiful. And insane. like family, preaches family. I know. Oh, I'm good, like, good just I know. I just think people don't realize how. Um, What's the word that like how much of a change it is to see a rapper yeah. speaking to this demographic the way he is about building a family is insane. Mm-hmm. Um anyways, but yeah, it's like African worship, mm-hmm. African like hit Christian hip hop. Yeah. Which is called Afrobeats. And then um and then instrumentals and Mirta. Have you ever listened to Lady Smith Black Mombaza? from South Africa. You you would No. Yeah. yeah. There there it's it's like the classic kind of voice. Ooh, um, ooh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Lady Smith Black Mombaza is incredible. Yes. I grew up on that. Wow. I don't know how, but I went and saw them live when I was a little 
kid. Oh, Rejoice Africa. Have you ever parents. listened to that? I love your parents. They, I, I grew up in they Massachusetts. They are cultured, okay? Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, was, they are very cultured. I, we just we just were weird. Like you're a know. missionary now. Mm-hmm. And so, so are my sisters. Yeah. You know? Mm. Um, okay. Give me, like people ask me this question all the time. Yeah. What is the greatest miracle you've ever seen? What's the greatest? Mm. And they, they ask me these questions and I never give them the same answer. Yeah. But is was there a moment in worship that something happened that's something what what's your greatest yeah. like what's your greatest miracle you've seen separate oh, from salvation yeah okay or moment in worship or like something where you're like whoa uh, we've seen I've seen crazy stuff take so place. I will say this I, all of my the best would be with people and so um, I was living in Denver at the time it was 2014 and my best friends came up to Denver to see me. Mm. Um, I was, it was really hard because I was relatively alone. Like I had people around me, but my closest friends lived in Denver. Mm. I mean, Dallas. So I just was like, it was, it was a, every day was pretty painful. Um, but they came up to see me and we all like slept in the prayer room because we were in a house. So mm. we all slept in the prayer room and, um, Joel turned on a set with Stephanie, no, with Hannah McClure and William Matthews, I think. Um, I don't remember what they were singing, but it was like when Bethel had like their spontaneous yeah. stuff that you could kind of yeah. like. Yeah. And so he played them. And so we're just sitting in the living room and we're all in our separate. We've done this so many times and we have our Bibles. We're sitting their heads back and we just start to like. Listen, all of a sudden, Joel goes, hey, let's let's hold hands. So we got in a circle just holding hands around the table. And we started to pray, like praying the spirit. Such a sweet dude. And it was, he is, <laughs> he's, he is such an initiator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we're all there. Elissa's here. Um, my friend Johnny, Hannah, myself, Joel. And there's five of us. And we're just there holding hands. And all of a sudden, it was very sovereign. And it's 11 p.m. right now in this in this moment. The glory of God hits the room like like un, we didn't realize what was happening. Yeah. Like all of us were like like Joel was the first person to like react. And he goes, what is that? I remember like my eyes were closed. I was kind of too scared to open them. He was like, what is happening right now? And all of us hands holding and we're all just like shaking mm. and trying to stay standing. But we're like falling a little like what's happening right now. And there's travail. There's wow. groans. We're like weeping and laughing and going, ah, like all these things. And um, we we the, the presence of God is so thick mm. And for four hours, we are trembling, shaking, weeping, crying. And it marked us. It marked us because we were like, he's, we didn't, I, at least I don't remember going, God, would you come? Yeah. He just came and he, and he, and he, and what he did in us, he just wounded us in the wow. best way. Like, it's like, I'm scarred for life with the glory and the presence of God. I can never, ever say. Yeah that I don't know him because I knew him in a new way. So Come on. that was the most insane thing that ever happened. If there is a, because I know a lot of 
uh, a lot of people look up to you. Mm. Okay. So in two minutes, three minutes to every 10, nine year old, uh, Aniola, yeah. right? Back when you started up until someone who feels the call for worship on yeah. their life. What's your biggest wisdom nugget that you could that you could share with them right now? Um th- like God can always be reached. Mm-hmm. Like he is not far. And there's no part of this journey as a worshiper that I have to do without him. I ne- no part. There's no part. You can have a quiet time if you want to. You can do a devotional if you want to. All of that is so good, so right, so important. Mm. But he is worthy of every moment. Like, mm. like even right now, like talking to you and being connected to him, like that's the journey of our life. And um, I just would say, like, stay close to him as close as you can, like, and not necessarily in a works way, even though there is a work to it, there's an effort we put, yeah. but, but know that you are close and you're yeah. wanted by God. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter nothing. It doesn't matter how much you know about him, how much you don't know about him. You, he wants you like yeah. more than you ever would want God. He wants you. And on the other side of saying yes to God is this world that you that even C.S. Lewis could not yeah. make as beautiful as it truly is. And so I just, I, I, I hope and long, I had, I wrote this poem recently and one of the statements I wrote was hungry for the holy. That's just a statement I wrote in the poem. And I, I was like, I want to people to be like that hungry for holy and not just holy things, but, the one who's holy, mm. hungry for the one who's holy because he's made himself available. Like he's not distant. He's not far. Acts 17 says that he's like, he put us everywhere that we are so that he can be reached because he's not far. And so, um, I just would love, like, I'm like, Lord, just tear down every lie that would say that God's far away. It's like, he's closer than my own skin. Yeah. So yeah. that was a long two sentences. It was you know, so it sorry. Was a, yeah, no, as a literary expert. Yeah, was, no, <laughs> just kidding. I love it. Um, uh, weird question. Mm-hmm. Never asked this. Mm-hmm. If there's anyone that I don't know, mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, maybe know of, but that you think I should have sit mm-hmm. here. Ooh, is there, is there someone? He's going to hate me. I love, this, this is what I want. Nick Brent. Nick Brent. Yes. I would love to have him on. Yeah. Nick. <laughs> He's going to What Hold on. Well, let me ask you why. I, there is, uh, Nick is extremely humble. He's one of the most intelligent. Yeah. Wise builders of people. Oh my gosh. There's so many people's names that are flooding my mind now. Okay. Hold but on. Well, let's go one, two, three, know, yeah. one, two, three. Okay, and okay. I'm running out of time. Okay, okay. Oh no. Can I do four? You can do four. Okay. Number one is Nick Brent. Okay. Number two is Yasmin Pierce. Okay. Number three, and maybe Michael, her husband. Number three is Matt Nelson. Okay. And then number four would be Christy Brent. Oh man. Yes. 
In okay. fact, you should just have everyone in cigarettes. Well, this is but, a, yeah. well, that, and I. This is the thing. Yeah. Uh, it, number one, if you guys want to see them, let me know who. Say it in the comments. Yeah, let me know who. Okay, and then, um, you're a part of Circuit Riders. Yes. Now. So a few years ago, I'm sorry, I'm getting okay. calls. Heidi just texted me. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh. No, kidding. it's okay. It's whoa, impressed. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, it happens. Um, I totally forget what I was saying. No, you were saying circuit riders. Yeah, you you transitioned out of yes. upper room. I can say that story so fast. Please, because yeah, uh, let, let's let's end with that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, give it to me. Yeah, because that's when we recently connected. Uh-huh. And I have to say this before you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so circuit rider school was one of the favorite schools I have been to in a long, long, long time. Wow. So if you want more information on circuit rider yeah. school, go to Iris global mm-hmm. and click on harvest school. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. That's, That's crazy. our school. No, but honestly, like, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, go, go to go check out there. That was dumb. That was, so, uh, was so dumb. I shouldn't have done that. No, that was incredible. Uh, go, go to circuit riders. Legit. Incredible. Yeah. I had yeah. so much fun. So transition. Yeah. So right after the, as the season was, I didn't know it was ending, but I started to get a little anxious. Like, Mm -hmm. and I was like, God, what are you calling me to? I, I want to put my hands in the dirt is what I would Mm -hmm. say in prayer. I was like, I want to put my hands in the dirt of my generation. The racial um, situation of 2020 Mm -hmm. was heartbreaking. And I was longing to know like, how on earth do you want me to show up in this? Cause I'm feeling strong feelings, but I don't know where to put them. Yep. Fast forward, beginning of 2021, I'm invited to this event called Black Voices. It, mm-hmm. That wasn't the name. But um, the late Brian Brent, who started Circuit Riders, had a dream in his heart to empower the voices of young black people yep. and to make a dent in the in the statistic that less than 1% of the um, American missionary sending population yep. is African-American. Yep. And so he, the dream God put in his heart was to gather black leaders from all over and then see what God would do. Um, I went to this event. My life was completely changed. I heard words about myself that I'd never heard before. I was honored in a way I had never been honored before. Mm. And I was like, this is, this is where I belong. But I didn't have those words. That wasn't, I wasn't like going to move like Mm -hmm. based on that. I just like, whatever you're doing in my life, I'm down. Fast forward to, um, the summer of 2021, we do a recording where we do the black voices album, we write songs. God moves. I listen to some it's of those insane. songs every day. Every day. It's insane what house, God yeah. does. Um, the following year, I serve with them on their tour. They do an eight-week HBCU tour, mm-hmm. Historically Black College University tour, preaching the gospel at black universities all over the U.S. They're on it right now. Actually, tomorrow I'm hopping, getting on the plane to join them in um, Atlanta. So this will um, come out in two days, right? Yeah. Two days? No, no, no. I'm sorry. This will come out in... Nine days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and where so are you going to be? In nine days, I think I'll be probably in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be at a uh, HBCU in Atlanta preaching the gospel. Um, and so that's Drive like, on up. We yeah, can do come, this again. Ooh, okay. Honestly, we could. Um, but then following that, um, I attend the Send in Kansas City. And while I'm standing there, there's a the prayer for black missionaries goes out. I remember. I'm sobbing. Yeah. And I'm surrounded by the other few black missionaries that are part of what was becoming black voices as well. Yeah. And the word goes out, the fields are ripe with harvest. Pray for the laborers. 
And the Lord spoke to me, said, any, this is your field. Like mm. th- these are your, f- this is your field. Disciple my kids. And so I was like, I'm jumping in. And in between that, there was a four month stint where I was in Reading because I thought I was moving to California to learn about film school. But God really was using that to just pull me away for a season, speak to me, and then launch me into that. And now my life is like I'm living the best dream ever. I'm watching every negative word people have about Gen Z. I'm like, you could you could shove that because I'm watching harvest. Like I'm watching harvest. There was hunger in that school. Yes. And and not just hunger, but like wanting to be told hard things. Yeah. Yeah. And like wrestle with it. Yeah. Like it was that I that I haven't seen in a lot of schools in a long because time. Because the people are, of God are ready and yeah. they're ready to go. And yeah. to for me, lastly, to see black people lift their shoes, lift yeah. their heart yeah. and say, send me, I'll go. That is changing my life. So ooh, Lou Engels, the yeah. send Boston. I yeah. was 18, yes. 19. What they had this guy, I forget his name, please, because we're friends and I forget your name. He had the he t- went around with the story of like the the cooking part. Yes, mm-hmm. that was the first time I had heard that message. So we're talking twenty years ago. I felt like when I stepped into circuit riders and when I've been to the sends, mm-hmm. um, and I know other people are doing this. It's just yeah. me personally. Yeah. It's the first time I've seen an intentional yeah. like we will yeah. not let things continue on the yeah. way that they've and been. it's a movement. It's mm-hmm. a missional movement, mm-hmm. and so. It, the goal of it is to go. This is the the reason we exist. Yeah, is because a generation is being lost mm-hmm. to voices that mm-hmm. are saying it's like false empowerment, yeah. and and the enemy is taking a hold and trying to give black people platforms, and the and the people of God are going. Actually, no, God has something to say about your voice. Yeah, He wants to fill your mouth with the message of the gospel so that any area of society that you go into yeah. will be completely transformed by what's on your life. Yeah. Cause you aren't, you don't just get a seat at the table. You're a family member and this is your table as well. And yeah. so anyways, <laughs> I, I really could zoom, keep zoom, going zoom. on. Same. I really could. So we're just gonna have to do this again. Yeah. I'm in. I'll yeah. come back. Seriously. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. I just dig you. Uh, and can you listen, uh, you like and subscribe and share this. There's yeah. a lot of people that need to hear this. Yeah. And um, thank you so much for watching. Could you, do we have like two minutes left? Could you share, could you pray for us? Yeah. Could you sing? Could you share a poem? Could you do anything? Whatever you want, zero pressure, do anything. Yeah. But like, could you close this? Yeah. Pray, do oh, whatever. I would Quote, love to. When I, anything. This is so good. Um. Yeah, Lord, I feel like um, there are people who are listening to this and are wondering at the spot that they take up in Mm -hmm. the in the narrative of your story of the body of Christ. And they feel like outcasts and outliers and like they have to keep explaining themselves. And Jesus, I'm asking that you would land on them right now with a comfort that only you can give, um, that their curiosity, that their longing for um, discovery and for innovation and for, um, yes, creativity, but more than that, 
Um, it's not small to you, God. It's not a byproduct and it's not a means to an end. Jesus, you have woven into them um, a part of your nature and a longing to see the glory of God revealed in the earth through film, through songs, through music. And God, I ask right now that you would pioneer new films, new stories, mm. new music, God, um, things that shook the world the way um, some of the the I remember that season when Marvel was going crazy and they were at their best, you know, and I, I and and when hip hop came on the scene and transformed everything and and fashion um, impacted the way that people even sold clothes, Jesus. And I think of how <laughs> Pantone influences the color of the year. And Lord, I just I ask you, God. That renaissance won't just be a buzzword, but yeah. you would land on a company of people who will courageously take the theology, the study of God and his word into the realm of the arts fearlessly, Lord. Just do it in them. And I thank you for young black um, leaders and people um, and the people that love them who are wondering how to show up on this side mm. um, of eternity. I ask you, Jesus, to fill them with solution. Um, fill them with courage, fill them mm. with a lot of joy and fill people's tables with food. God, um, let there be tables like just everywhere um, and families everywhere. In Jesus Come name. On. Amen. Amen. Eniola, <gasps> you're amazing. Thank you so much. Shout out to Lindy. Yeah. Like sh- oh. I- I'm just sitting here thinking it's shout out to circuit riders, yes. Andy bird, the send. Yeah. Uh, Love you. Y-Wam. Go check out YWAM. Go check out circuit riders mm-hmm. and go, Listen to my friend Aniola's <laughs> music. Uh, it'll bless you. Love you guys. Thanks for watching this yeah. episode of the Iris Iris Global Green Room. That's it's right. there on the wall. Like, subscribe, and things. Yeah. And we will see you on the next one. That was a dream.